It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, Josh here with the Better Faster Podcast. And on today's episode, Brandon and I take on cupping. We talk a little bit about the science behind it, the literature there, and then we talk about how we use it in the clinic. You're seeing this used more and more, both athletes looking for better performance and also in the rehab settings. So we wanted to give you our thoughts on it. As always, if you could, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. It helps us reach more people, helps us move the meter. We can't thank you enough. If you have any questions or topics that you want us to discuss, please don't hesitate to send us a message or leave it as part of your review. We'd really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Brandon and I are here to talk about cupping. And Brandon, I know this is an area that both of us uh, have some some diff- some interesting opinions on. But uh, first, man, how are you doing? I'm doing well. About yourself? Oh, I can't complain. Uh, grinding through the second semester of, of this year of PT school. So uh, things are going pretty well. And how, how's everything at the clinic? I know you guys just hired a new person. Everything's yeah, we just hired Sean Jacobs. That that kid is a stud. He was uh, one of Zach Long's students, and Zach's the one that brought him to us. And he is man, he is sharp. So really glad to have him. And it's uh, it's also officially CrossFit season now. It's it is. is honest. Yeah, man. So that's uh, that's a whole nother stressor in in mine and your lives. So uh, yeah, we can maybe get into that a little bit. But I know today we wanted to address uh, cupping. That's a something that's interesting. That uh, I get a lot of my athletes ask me about it. They come talk to me, especially. Um, you know, following the the past Olympics where you saw, of course, Michael Phelps with all the red circles on him. Uh, you don't see it as much, of course, in the Winter Olympics that just uh, just went on. But uh, that's when, when these higher level athletes are doing things, that's when I seem to get a lot of questions about. And of course, that does trigger myself doing some more research on it. Um, so, Brandon, let's just get started. What, what are your thoughts on cupping, man? Yeah, well, um, you know, before we get into it, you, you know, no matter what we talk about, um, if Michael Phelps wants cups, he gets cups, no matter yep. who you are. <laughs> but <laughs> yep. uh, the, the first time I was actually introduced to it was actually in Haiti. Um, so back in 2014, I had an opportunity to volunteer for a humanitarian trip with Justin Dunaway and his crew. And a lot of the people we were seeing were actually rice farmers. And basically, one of the main job requirements that they had to bend over a couple hundred times a day and put rice in a satchel. And there was a therapist that was there. I think he was from maybe Arizona. And, you know, basically one of the treatments that he did was he would slap a bunch of cups, like maybe four or six on the patient's uh, lumbar spine and have them bend over a bunch of times and kind of do a test retest and um, see if they had more mobility and less pain. And, you know, it seemed to work. Now, you know, question is, could the patient have done just as well without the cups? Maybe, but that, you know, at least 
piqued my curiosity. And, you know, ever since then, it's something that we occasionally do implement to the clinic as well. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's definitely become more, uh, I guess, prevalent lately, it seems like to me in terms of, uh, you know, the number of people or therapists that I see uh, putting things up on social media about it or in clinic. And uh, the literature seems to be uh, a little mixed in terms of how, if there actually is good, uh, you know, literature supporting using cups. Uh, so, you know, what kind of things have you read about uh, cupping and its uh, real benefits? Well, you know, uh, just the, the usual, it removes toxins, alters chi. No, I'm just kidding. That's all bullshit. Uh, what, what, have, what, have you, what have you actually seen? I know we were talking about this prior too. you were talking about some, you know, things like angiogenesis and uh, things in that family. Um, yeah. I think you actually know a bit more about it than I do, because from what I understand, the research is actually kind of weak. Yeah, there's not a lot of great, uh, great literature to tell you the truth. Some proposed mechanisms of what cupping is actually doing to the tissue in terms of the actual kind of uh, mechanical changes um, that you're going to see some metabolic changes. So uh, increases in lactate levels around the surrounding tissue might suggest that you're getting more anaerobic metabolism there, uh, which you know, could be a benefit because we know that we are, there are certain chemical mediators that do get released, uh, you know, with anaerobic metabolism, different byproducts we've talked about with blood flow restriction training, and maybe those are creating some adaptations. Uh, so that's one thing that people, you know, people could cite. You also see things, uh, you know, that it obviously is going to increase blood flow as evidenced by the, the bruising there. So you know that your, your blood is going to the area. Uh, but similarly, that could maybe be increasing, you know, tissue, angi- uh, you know, angiogenesis, you talked about or tissue granulation, um, any kind of formulation of maybe new blood vessels in the tissue. Um, to me, I think I, I, I really don't look at all that stuff and think, yeah, that's probably what's going on. I think, yeah, there's obviously an acute increase to blood flow to the area. Uh, but for me, where there might be some, some decent uh, literature on the effects of cupping have, have to do with the nervous system. Just like we talked about with tool work, or we had Shante on here talking about things with uh, using the tools or taping. Uh, to me, it's really just neurosensory modulation. If I can modify uh, you know, s- the sensory input of the area, the perception of pain in the area, uh, then I will increase performance because we know there's some inhibitory um, re- uh, responses when something is painful. So if I can reduce uh, you know, the pain, you know, if somebody feeling pain with a certain movement by using you know, cupping, then maybe I do increase, uh, or, or be- increase their performance a little bit, but it's still pretty muddy. Um, to tell you the truth, I haven't read anything that was so definitive on like, yep, I definitely have to include this in my, uh, treatment program. But again, if a high level athlete is saying I want cups, then, you know, we might have to include that as part of their treatment plan. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, basically what I tell a patient when they ask about what it does is that, you know, I really don't understand all the underlying mechanisms, but we do know that it creates a suction force and therefore a perpendicular distraction of the tissues. So the skin and layers underneath it. And, um, you know, as how clinically clinically relevant that is, I really don't know. But, you know, just like you said, essentially what I think it does is it works just like any manual therapy input to the nervous system and you know there's a couple ways that i do it uh and i guess we can probably get into that now that different techniques um so static cupping so we'll back up just a little bit there's there's three main types of cupping one is static where you actually apply cups and that can either be glass cups plastic or silicone and you just leave them on there's dynamic where you put the cups on and slide them around or actually have the patient move while the cups are on and then wet cupping, I don't know anyone that's done that, but that's basically where a therapist, you know, cuts patient skin and puts the cup on the pain. And we don't do that 
nor will we ever do that. Um, but I guarantee if you did, it'd be more some lumbar fusions are, but having, <laughs> having said that, um, you know, we have the, yeah, we, we have basically the plastic cups with the suction gun in our clinic and then the silicone ones. And, uh, for static cupping, I rarely use this, but when I do, it's, I'll put a patient in prone and usually they're coming to see me for, you know, some kind of back pain or some kind of mobility restriction. And I'll put, you know, maybe four or six cups on the patient's para- paraspinals and we'll work on some things like diaphragmatic breathing, crocodile breathing, or I might do some rib expansion techniques. And that's just to get a person to relax. And that can, again, be like any other form of manual therapy, but we just chose cups for that reason, because maybe that's what the patient's expectation was. And that's one of our pillars of evidence-based practice. Um, but more common scenario is the dynamic cupping. And that's where I'll put the cups on, we'll slide them around. And then after doing that for a little while, I actually, I guess, go back to static and get the patient up off the table. And usually, you know, classic example here is, this is one of my go-tos, is I have a patient who has mechanical low back pain, or maybe they are hypomobile in the lumbar spine. They're lacking flexion as compared to the rest of the spine. I'll put their cups on. I usually start them out quadruped doing cat cow for a couple minutes. I'll then progress them into quadruped rocking. And then I might even get them standing up, bending over and touching their toes or even do a Jefferson curls for a while. And after that, you know, we'll take the cups off and test retest. Can they move better? Do they have less pain? And usually the answer is yes. Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, including movement with it, man. I think uh, similar to what you know, again, it comes back to the, the tool stuff and a lot of what we learned in terms of how, uh, you know, tool work modulates the nervous system in terms relative to its effects on movements that Shante um, came and talked about. Uh, you know, if we can, you know, look at somebody's, their pain, they have pain, painful range of motion in a certain direction, and you're able to apply cups and movement together. And that just facilitates what you're trying to accomplish with the movement and they end up moving and feeling better Then I'm all for using it. Cause that's ultimately what our job is to help people move better and feel a little bit better. And if, if adding cups helps, uh, you know, enhance the, the movement that we want them to do and provide the results, then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, just going back to it, like what you said about high level athletes come along, if that's what a patient wants, and that's, they have a high expectation that's going to work, then I think it's okay to do that. You know, I think it's, you know, as a, as a therapist, as a clinician, you can explain to them what you think it does, even though you can't prove it. And you can explain to them what it doesn't do. That is, it doesn't, you know, break up adhesions or move chi around or things like that. And you can treat this patient and your pillow is going to work just fine at night. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm exactly with you, man. Um, now, question for you, if you're, a, this is more of an athlete, um, about how long, you know, because that's who, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people we're listening to may not be in pain. So if this is more from a performance perspective or say they're CrossFit or it is the open, they're trying to recover between an attempt on Friday and they want to do it again on Monday. Um, when are you going to be doing this? You're going to do it pre, post, um, days off? Are you gonna be, how long are these, uh, like, do you have the cups on there? Um, tell me a little bit about how you, you would do that. Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, different, I guess it depends, different lengths of time, depending on the application, but generally 10 minutes is kind of the cutoff. And the reason for that is because it seems to be around that 10 minute mark for most people, they're going to get some kind of bruising mm-hmm. and bruising is not necessary. It doesn't make the treatment any more effective. Um, now just as a side note, cupping related bruises are basically just hickeys, meaning that they're painless, but they do happen if you use a lot of suction or leave them on for too long. And, um, you know, sometimes though, people just want to leave with a souvenir or feel like they got the crap beat out and felt they did something, but I rarely bruise my patients. If I did, it was because there's just a person that was more prone to it that I could predict or, um, you know, 
maybe I use a little bit too much suction, but regardless, I always give them a warning that it could leave some marks that'll be there for a couple of days. But as far as when we use it again, that depends, right? If, you know, somebody just trying to use it for recovery, then that's going to be, you know, more of like a dampening of the nervous system, probably post-workout for that. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, if any athletes want to get cups, you can get a set for like 30 bucks off amazon.com. It's much cheaper to get that. It comes with a tube where you can actually do it to yourself, like right. pretty much any body part. And it's much cheaper than, you know, seeing a therapist for that. That's going to just try to, you know, put some cups on and just leave them there. Um, right. But other than that, you know, if someone is trying to improve their mobility, I mean, maybe, maybe you could do it pre-workout, but I think that your time's going to be better spent doing some other things like dynamic warm-up, like we talked about last week. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I think, um, for me, this is definitely more in the recovery realm and it should be in addition to all the other recovery boxes that people need to be checking, need to be checking. Am I adequately fueled? Am I, you know, am I, is my nutrition handled? Am I uh, sleeping enough? Am I, uh, you know, am I doing other recovery, uh, type activities like slow, easy movements on a bike? Am I doing, uh, maybe, uh, some, some yoga activities or some, you know, this is where maybe static stretching comes in a little bit. Um, am I doing those things first, things where I'm moving around? And then if I have time and means to add to it, then maybe I'm adding cupping. Then maybe I'm adding those muscle stem units um, or things like that. Then maybe I'm getting some tool work done, you know, in between, if I'm trying again, using this as recovery, but those other recovery boxes to me are still a bigger bang for your buck. Are you, are you fueled properly? Are you sleeping enough? And then are you doing active recovery type um, activities like easy bike, row, swim, where you're actually getting small contractions with it? Yeah, absolutely. And another thing too, is I, I don't want to completely discount, you know, passive treatment. It's just not what I do. And that's why I refer to really good massage therapists like James Brazel, the guy you have in Carolina CrossFit. Yep. He's, he's good. Awesome. Yeah. He does a great he's job. And, and that stuff's really important because, you know, we know that, you know, stress is stress, whether it's workout related or job related, it all goes into the same bucket. And if, you know, passive treatments that make you feel good, help counteract that, that's, that's very, very important to decrease his cortisol level. So, it's just not what I do as a physical therapist. I don't, you know, promote a bunch of that in my clinic because it's expensive for the patient and we're always trying to promote self-efficacy and that kind of thing. No, I'm totally with you, man. We are lucky to have James in our clinic. Um, or I mean, in our, our gym, he is awesome. And he's who, if I need some body work done, I think that it would benefit me. That's who I go to. Um, and I think that's as an athlete, that's another, uh, another avenue that, you know, we haven't really touched on, but you know, if you are trying to compete at a very high level in anything, uh, you got to make sure you have good resources around you, people you trust that, you know, know what they're doing. So have a good PT on hand. If you're in Columbia and you, you know, that you already know you probably need to be using vertex if you need PT services, but having somebody like James on the massage therapy side uh, is another option or reaching out to someone like us for your nutrition or anything like that. Um, that's another thing as an athlete is having, making those connections, meeting those people, and then utilizing those resources as needed is important. Awesome. Yeah, well, um, I guess the other, the last point I wanted to make sure we talked about are uh, just some of the criticism, right? So if you get on around regarding cupping that is so if you mm-hmm. get on social media and everybody has an opinion everybody has an asterisk for whatever point it is but what are some of the criticisms you've seen about cupping specifically yeah you know honestly it, it's funny man you have like these two you have you primarily have it seems like two big camps people who are very pro you know manual therapy and cupping and those kind of modalities and people who are just totally anti anything that has to do that's passive um, which is kind of funny to see people take those two, these stances because I really think there's a need for all of it just used appropriately. And um, I, you see a lot of people 
that put these things on social media, maybe where they have 10 cups on their back and they're just sitting there right? or they have all these bruising, uh, bruising marks on them. And you get the, the people, the internet warriors coming on talking about like, you don't need to be bruising for this. Why are you doing that? That doesn't work. Uh, so it's, it's always interesting to see kind of that, that debate that goes on, man. Yeah, I, it, it's very interesting. I think that the most common things that I see about it is, is basically, cupping is placebo or just has non-specific effects. Just the same thing that you see about manual therapy. But if you really want to go down that rabbit hole, then we could talk about non-specific effects of what you say to a patient. Because you know that makes a difference, you know, Mm -hmm. or exercises. Exercise can have non-specific effects as well too. Um, But I I just always, I always want to just make sure I'm being honest with a patient, but I don't want to completely ignore the psychology behind what we do because even though our title is, physical therapist, keyword physical, a lot of what we do is, you know, working on the patient psychology as well, too, while they're in the clinic. And um, just w- one thing about the placebo effect is I, I, I some people might not agree with this, but I don't want to completely negate it, because it might be a real thing. You know, I think that if we could find a way to measure a person's dopamine response during or after treatment, we probably feel differently about what the placebo effect actually is. No, I'm totally on board with that, man. I think that it is how you frame what you're doing to the patient. Uh, I, I think that can't be understated. Uh, the language that you use, um, the way you explain things, uh, I think that uh, you can really influence the, you know, the outcome by what you say. And then also when you, when you utilize these things a lot, it comes back to when people have hands put on them or even use even extension of the hands through like a tool or a cupping, something like that. Uh, there is some good evidence to show that uh, that helps, uh, you know, with recovery as well. It's not necessarily, you know, just having them move. Well, I think that is, you have to have somebody move. That's I'm, I'm so big on that. Uh, there is some evidence that when you're putting hands on people or this is to me, an extension of that is applying these cups um, in conjunction with the movement can really still be beneficial. Yeah, man, we're, we're advanced primates. We need human touch. Yeah, no, I think you can't, under, you can't underrate that part of it. And like you said, you can't, uh, you can't overstate the importance of uh, making sure that you, you speak appropriately to the people that you're working with. And because uh, the way you frame things can make a huge difference in the, the result of what you're doing. Absolutely. Well, Josh, is there anything else that you want to get off your chest before we end this? No, man, I think there's, um, I guess when this releases, there's probably a week or two before our course that we have in uh, March, March 10th and 11th, uh, that Carolina CrossFit, the Fitness Athlete Live Seminar. Uh, We have some three awesome PTs coming down, uh, Ryan Smith, Mitch Babcock, and Zach Long from uh, Institute of Clinical Excellence. Uh, There's still a couple spots available. It is going to be awesome. I can't wait. I'm ready for it to be, uh, you know, this upcoming weekend. I, I think it's still a couple weekends away. Uh, so hopefully people can, you know, take a look at that. And if they're interested, sign up before, uh, before that gets here. Yeah, d- definitely. Just expand on that. Um, the, the link to the register for that is going to be in the description. And by the way, I actually had a couple of therapists tell me that they're on the fence about signing up for this course because they're not sure if they want to shot the money. And, and I get that. I'm a business owner. I'm all about fiscal responsibility, but yep. Keep in mind, you're investing in yourself and your skill set as a clinician. And if you're not convinced, go back and listen to that episode we did with Mitch Babcock. He was very generous with information. I know that got me pumped to oh, yeah. go to this course. And yeah. after listening to that, if you're still not convinced, don't forget that JV plays on Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's two full days. It's action, it's action packed and information packed. So you, you get a lot of the therapist time. And again, it's three, you know, three awesome therapists there to learn from. So, uh, you know, to me, it was a no brainer, even being a student, especially there is no brainer, man. Uh, but as always guys, if you need, if you want to find out more, 
from us, go to betterfasterpodcast.com or at betterfasterpodcast on Instagram. If you could go to iTunes and leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. That's another avenue where you can leave questions uh, as well. Uh, this again, cupping is something we get questions about all the time. So if you have a topic you want us to discuss, please leave a question in the form of a review would be great since that is how we reach more people. This podcast game is a popularity contest. So uh, the more people we can reach, uh, we would really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to find out more about me, you can go to carolinaperformancetraining.com or at cpt underscore strength. If you want to go to uh, find out more about Vertex and Brandon, go to vertexpt.com or at vertexpt. And thank you guys again for listening. We'll be back next Monday with some new content. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.